into the PFF NFL Daily today discussing first round caliber prospects who uh, might not actually go in the first round. So we're going to give you some players that we really like here, Sam. Uh, players that we would love to see go in the first round who will not go in the first round or might not. So let's get into it. Give me some names. Who do you think uh, should be going round one? Yeah, first one I've been touting for a while. And, and I, I wouldn't rule it out. I think he could go in the first round, but I don't think he will. So I'm going to say George Pickens, the wide receiver from Georgia. If he doesn't tear his ACL in the spring, we might be talking about the best wide receiver in the draft and a top 10 pick overall. Like a guy who's going to go, you know, into this, the Atlanta Falcons at eight or whoever it is, the Jets at 10. Like that's the level of player I think he has the potential to be. Tears his ACL, basically misses the entirety of last year, comes back for that final run uh, on their way to the national title and still made a few like amazing plays in that little stretch. Um, but he's got everything, I think, to be the top receiver in this class that isn't long on those elite caliber type of players. And because of that ACL, because it leaves him low on sample size, low on just sort of continuous dominance throughout his college career, I think people are, are sleeping on him a little bit and he could easily go in round two. Yeah, he's become one of your guys here in the draft, George Pickens, yeah. the the skill set that he brings to the table. And, and again, I think you know the reason why any of these players are not going, are potentially not going in round one, they're different. And the Pickens one, I think, as you mentioned, uh, certainly injury related. And uh, had we seen more of him, absolutely could be a first round pick. Just for uh, just for you know comparison's sake, he is number twenty eight currently on the consensus draft board, so he's a fringe right. first rounder based off the consensus. Uh, the name I want to highlight, I've got a few, uh, but I'm going to go with Jaquan Brisker, the safety out of Penn State. A big fan of his entire game, and you know, Brisker's a safety who uh, could probably best in too high, but he's physical, he's a good tackler, he's, he's rangy enough, really productive, ticks a lot of those boxes that uh, project well at the next level as far as production goes, but maybe not an exceptional elite like you're not looking at him being like oh look at that incredible kyle hamilton like play um so he's in the 40s he's in the low four actually 38 on the most recent consensus board but a player i just really like i know some people i think lance Erline has him as a top 32 player so again these are guys that are probably fringe first rounders could sneak in there but as of now it looks like brisker might be more of a second round type of player yeah he and he's become one of your guys he's a guy you've been touting yes. a lot um there's a lot of these the sort of the end of the first round, start of the second round, there's a lot of speed pass rushers, speed edge rushers, whether it's Boye Mafe, who seems like maybe the highest of this group, who might actually go in the first round. Drake Jackson from, from USC, I think, is in this category. But I really want to start talking about Nick Benito from Oklahoma. Yeah. That dude has got some of the most devastating pass rush wins, pass rush reps of any pass rusher in this entire draft when you look up um a he's got the best pass rush win rate of any any pass rusher in this draft over the last two years so better than Aiden Hutchinson better than Carl Loftus better than Thibodeau better than uh, Trayvon Walker he's got the best over two years secondly if you look at that period and you look at the you know the PFF grades we have everything broken down by these sort of 0.5 increments depending on how severe how decisive the win was he's got more of those decisive wins than anybody like his highlight reel of those elite high-end dominant reps is absurd and like 
okay, I get why he's not seen in this conversation. He's not great against the run. He's a little bit undersized. He doesn't have the complete total package of some of these other guys. He might just be a situational guy. But the sit, like the the one trick that he's good at is insanely valuable. And, you know, third down pass rushers, that was a thing in like 2004. Third down pass rushers are now like that's 60% of your snaps. So that's well worth the first round pick if the dude is amazing at it. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of work just trying to compare these players to what you would expect from, say, a first rounder in recent years. That pass rush win rate that you're talking about in Benito's career is six percentage points higher than, say, the average first rounder over the last yeah. couple of years. Uh, you know, his wins above average, really projectable number for edge. Really good. So Benito Benito's not just one of your guys, Sam. I think he's just one of those PFF guys where here's this position that we do a pretty good job of projecting at the next level. And Benito has a lot of positive numbers, you know, as far as what he's done at Oklahoma. I uh, just want to tell you guys about uh, PFF Elite. This doesn't go on sale all the time, but it is 50% off right now. Using the promo code DRAFT50, 50% off a PFF Elite annual subscription. Get your mock draft simulator completely unlocked. Get your NFL draft guide. Over 550 pages right now, plus all the data and grades for the 2021 and the upcoming 2022 season. And be sure to check out Hutch, four-part podcast series with the number one overall NFL draft prospect, Aiden Hutchinson, on all podcast platforms. All right, another player that I think you're in on as well, Sky Moore, you know, wide mm. receiver who can, he's shifty, he's fast. He ticked the speed box at the NFL Combine. And uh, you, he reminds you of Julian Edelman. And, yeah. you know, hey, look, Edelman was a developmental whatever he was as a seventh rounder, right? <laughs> QB converted receiver. But if you went back to that draft and said, is Julian Edelman one of the best 32 players in that draft? Of course he is. Right. If you're, it again, doesn't mean we're equating him exactly to Edelman, but man, Sky Moore, he knows how to get open. And he's a very good receiver who might not be good enough to just land on day one. Yeah, Sky Moore, I think, is a fascinating example of like value value versus what teams chase in the draft. I, I would imagine, I would bet like quite a large, you know, amount of money that Sky Moore will end up being, as you said, like like Julian Edelman, one of the top 32 players from this draft. But I also think there's a pretty good chance that there's no like teams just won't take him in the top 32 picks because the upside, the val like the the shooting for the moon type of deal, he just doesn't bring the potential excitement level that they're looking for. They want to hit home runs with those first round picks and they're looking for a guy that can be, you know, something amazing. Like even a guy like uh, George Pickens, I think has a better shot of going in the first round because he can be that number one X receiver, the guy that can dominate, not necessarily the guy that's just good at, across the board. So I think Sky Moore ends up being held back by the fact that teams don't yet correctly value just like how important a player like that is. And if he ends up being a Julian Edelman for your offense, a guy that can play inside or out, that wins with toughness, that wins with footwork and route running and all these kinds of things, like that, that's worth a first round pick because that's really important. And the sort of safety level, the, the assuredness that you have that he's going to be that guy, I think should be uh, definitely taken into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. So big fan of Sky Moore. I'm with you, top 32 player in this draft, but maybe not going in that top 32. Right. Um, Roger McCreary from Auburn. Yes. Short corner, small, undersized, really tiny little arms, right? Not just under 29 inches. Like 29 is bad. Under 29 is insane. So massive outlier. But the dude has played for like multiple years in the SEC. He went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Jamar Chase back in 2019 
so a couple of years ago, right? Like two years previously in McCreary's development, he went toe-to-toe with Jamar Chase and did a pretty good job, caused him problems in the year where Jamar Chase like took a blowtorch to the NCAA on his way to a national title, you know, before he did it to the NFL as well. So for this guy to be able to go toe-to-toe with Jamar Chase and hold his own a couple of years ago, I think is a really important data point. He's done it to other top-level receivers in the SEC as well. Yes, he'll be an outlier. It's not ideal. It is like a detriment. It's a problem he has to negotiate. But there's plenty of tape that shows he's capable of doing that. And again, it's like maybe he doesn't have the upside of an elite number one, you know, top 10 corner in the NFL. But again, like I think there's a very good chance that he ends up being a good, capable number two, which is probably worth a first round pick. Battle tested is the word we've used a lot with McCreary. How many times did he have to go up against elite LSU receivers, Alabama receivers, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, just that entire SEC West, what McCreary had to deal with? And look, he got beat sometimes, right? I mean, he was not perfect, but uh, I do think he brings a lot to the table uh, despite the arms, I like to round up to just under thirty-inch arms, just to just to do well by him. But <laughs> that's, yeah, that's giving him a lot. That's that's rounding a long way uh, for 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 Roger. I know, I know. I mean, McCreary's probably off the board for certain teams just because of oh, the yeah. arm length thing and the way they they have their their yeah. prototypes at that position. But big fan of his game as well. Do you have anybody else on your list? Yeah, I wanted to throw just a quick mention for Desmond Ritter, uh, quarterback out of Cincinnati. We're we're going to hear about Malik Willis being the sure. The, the, the top guy for most people. We're going to hear about Kenny Pickett because there's a chance he goes number six to Carolina. Um, and there's a lot of people sort of number two QB in that draft class. You're going to hear people wanting Matt Corral at the bottom of the first. Ritter seems to be the guy that's just sort of flying under the radar. And the quarterback group is so chaotic that I wouldn't rule out the idea that he goes in the first round. There's quite possibly a couple of teams out there that have Desmond Ritter as like QB two or even who knows QB one. But I think Ritter deserves more attention in this draft. And if he doesn't go in the first round I th- and three of these QBs do, like Ritter should be one of those QBs. He's got uh, he's got the stuff that people talk about Kenny Pickett having, right? The idea of full field reads, being able to actually operate an NFL offense quickly, day one, and get the ball out of his hand quickly when you need to. Accuracy is there. Sometimes it's been more spotty than you would like, but like I think he's got the capability to kind of come in day one and actually be a starter and and survive. We know the people want to know, you know, about draft position. Desmond Ritter, number one in our text analytics rankings for QBs, which does a pretty good job projecting QB draft position. So maybe get those uh, get those bets in on uh, Desmond Ritter's over under, maybe going a little bit higher than you think. Let us know which players are going to go later than they should in the NFL draft. It's the PFF NFL Daily.